0: Welcome to Essential Coaching Conversations with Kyle and Asim. The real, relevant,
1: and necessary coaching conversations to help you navigate coaching, teaching, learning, and life.
0: And welcome back to a yet another episode of Essential Coaching Conversations with Kyle and Asim believe this is episode 11, right? Yeah. This is episode 11, which truth be told, I think there's probably 10 more than we thought we were going to have, but the, you know, the feedback has just been awesome. Um, and so we're going to keep doing it while, while you all still enjoy it. And if there's things that, you know, you feel like we, we should cover or, you know, questions that you, you know, you want us to ask or things that are stimulating your thinking, let us know. And and when we say, let us know, I think people are taking that and running with it. I I don't know if you'd agree with that Kyle, but I think they really are. Um, You know, the the amount of feedback that we're getting via DM, via text from people that, that we know, or, you know, only know sort of digitally um, via the internet. Like I think it's been a really, really cool last couple months putting this podcast together and just hearing from people in all walks of life, particularly our colleagues and coaching, um, you know, in high school and middle school and, uh, and at the college level, just really, really cool conversations that we're getting to have with people that, I, you know, for, for my part and Kyle, you can you can say your part here, but for, for me, the coolest part has just been being able to connect with people over common struggle and over common, um, sort of topics that they are finding valuable. Um, And I think, you know, it was described as sort of good trouble by one of our listeners, um, which to me is sort of the ultimate compliment, because it means that we're stimulating people's thinking, and that they want more of what maybe they have been thinking for a long time. And, you know, some of its affirmation, some of its sort of confirmation that you know, they might be, quote unquote, on the right track, but then some of those also getting people to think differently. And I think we've had both pieces of that feedback. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I love, I, again, I, I think we've probably said this before, you know, in an episode, but I love when we hear, you know, the phrase, oh, that's a great question, or I've never thought of that before. Um, or we get, you know, like, I don't necessarily agree with everything that you're saying, but you at least make me think about my position on that. And, and, and again, like, that's great. Like you, we're not trying to change anybody's mind about anything. You know, we're not trying to flip anybody over to, you know, to one side or the other. We want you to be able to understand and and, and be clear and uh, in, in why you do what you do. And, you know, the, the more you question and the more you reflect and the more you standard hack and, and poke those holes into, into what it is that you're doing, you can, you can come and reach the same conclusion of things that you've probably been doing for the last several years. but we want to we want to constantly sort of evaluate what it is that we're doing. Um, and, and again, if we come back to the same thing, that that's great, you know. Um, and, and a little bit of a uh, kind of an online back and forth last night, you were talking about kind of like the old way, and just because we've always done it this way doesn't necessarily mean it's the quote unquote right way or the best way. But it doesn't mean that if we have a new way, that the old way should be threatened either. You know we're not trying to necessarily disregard or get rid of all that. And I think that's a conversation we've had a lot with with coaches in regards to the three on three side of things with with you know playmakers and stuff like that is like we're not necessarily trying to to get rid of five on five basketball. Why is five on five basketball so threatened by three on three? Well, the reason why it's threatened is because it provides a, a more quality experience for a lot of people that play it, right? But we're not necessarily trying to re, you know replace something. it's it's an and then some, not an instead of experience. Um, and and it's it's been really neat that you know, people are people are like you said, they're taking it to heart. They're reaching out. They're saying, hey, this is you're onto something. you know, keep going. like this is making me think this is this is good. Um and so again, we re, we really appreciate it and continue to do so. And um, yeah, we're nine to nine or ten episodes into this thing, and I don't know, you know, if we thought we were going to be able to keep going and do this, but every time we decide it's like it's recording night, like I get, I've got a certain, uh, just a different level of energy because I'm excited because I, you never know. We have a little bit of a plan of what we're going to talk about, but we really never know um, quite what's going to come out of this, and I think that's what makes it so exciting.
0: Yeah, it's funny when we go to publish and like I'm trying to think of a title, and we maybe have a title, you know, like ahead of time, like episode 11, making the next connection. And then all of a sudden it turns into something totally different. And I'm like, crap, what am I going to do in this episode? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, again, thank y'all for listening. And we, we really just, um, you know, we're just really grateful that anybody has taken the opportunity to listen, um, especially to our folks who are overseas, um, not in the United States. I mean, we've touched a lot of countries. Um, and that, I think that's just so cool. In fact, my wife was remarking the other day um, when I believe it was India and Israel had made the list. And she was remarking the other day and it sort of made me think. She was like, isn't it cool that somebody thousands of miles away is listening to what you and Kyle have to say? And I was like, yeah, they must be really bored. Yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, in, on a more real note, like that is super cool that you know, we don't know who those people are. If we, if, you know, if we're talking about you right now in India, Israel, Thailand, Ireland, any of these places that have, have, have shown up, um, you know, in our analytics of where people are listening, please like reach out. I mean, I think it'd just be amazing to continue to connect with people um, all over the world who are perhaps like-minded or, or perhaps not like-minded and who can stimulate our thinking too. Um, we are by no means experts, and I think if you watch any of the clinics that we've done, if you listen to any of the things, any of the other people's podcasts we've been on, we have never, ever, ever purported ourselves as experts on anything. We're just two guys who really love to ask great questions and who have ideas that we think work. But we are perpetually in search of the next best decision, um, and and the next best opportunity to learn. Um, And so speaking of next, this episode sort of follows the one that we just released on vision roadblocks. And it's, it's the first vision roadblock, and likely it's the one that is the most prevalent. Um, and, And it's the vision roadblock, I think we mentioned this in the last episode, that all the other ones sort of stem from, or all the other ones can be traced back to, and that is making the next connection. Um, we're gonna throw a lot out tonight. A lot of different um, models, a lot of different questions that we've come up with. um, And sort of like to harken back to the last episode, when we were conducting our research initially and asking the questions of kind of what got in the way, this kept coming up that, we missed the opportunity to connect with xyz person there was a misunderstanding we couldn't quite get right we couldn't quite get aligned and so all of these things sort of feed into each other so when i say all of these things here's what i mean the vision roadblocks the of framework the human component you know communication or connection credit scores which we'll talk about here in a minute um you know depth of connection all of these things align with each other like there's nothing that we are going to talk about today or or at any time that doesn't fit within the frameworks that we have designed over the last several years Um, and if it doesn't fit we have rocked the way to make it fit or we just cut it because it doesn't really make sense in in terms of how we have decided to align the philosophy um, of essential coaching and also just the philosophy that we're able to sort of help other people with and, and use as the lens to answer and ask questions. So Kyle, I'm going to turn it over to you here. And I want you to sort of kick us off with thoughts on, you know, entropy, unfinished business and sort of where when we don't make that next connection, where that comes from and sort of the eventuality of that.
1: Yeah, and I want to just reiterate something real quick before I, I jump into that. That you you mentioned these are we've sort of identified these six right through all the all the initial conversations and research that we've done, and and, and we eventually are going to get to all six and try to try to dive deeply. But the the next connection is the one we're going to talk about tonight. But just real quick as a refresher of what's coming: alignment of our vision, the attainability of our vision, the stability of our vision engaged investment and resources Uh, these are the the six things that we've sort of identified the buckets as we've called them before and i I do agree that the this next connection roadblock um touches all of the other five um and either stems from or kind of comes back to it's kind of like roadblock adjacent i guess you could say to all of these other areas um and, and so i do think it's 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 important and prevalent that we That we start with this one uh, on the next connection and and like we've kind of said go a lot deeper with this um i think any any coach worth his or her salt um, that talks about culture and, and and you know and program building and anything like that has been around understands the importance of communication and you hear them talk about that a lot like we have to communicate more but there's not oftentimes a lot of um uh clarity and alignment in what we're actually supposed to be communicating about. Uh, I think a lot of times it just comes down to like, hey, just talk, you know, we need to talk in practice. We don't, we say that a lot, I think as coaches, we don't typically say that we need to communicate in practice, um, it's a lot of just, hey, just talk to talk. Um, and again, good, better, best, like talking might be better than not talking, but I think we've we've dove into this in, in, in you know, previous times where sometimes just talking to talk can be detrimental too. Um, and so we want to make sure that it's, it's clear and aligned and all those kinds of things. So, um, but I want to start from this idea of the reason why it's important that we need to, to, to communicate and connect and not just the connection, but the next connection. And, and this idea that, you know, hope is not a strategy. And a lot of times we, we just sort of, Hey, we, we, I think we catch ourselves sometimes saying, Hey, we, we address this. We talked about this with our team and we just sort of assume that hey, because we talked about it once, that it's fixed, and, and I kind of say fixed in air quotes there. Like I hate the word fixed um, because something is never fixed. Like we can't ever um, pay attention to it anymore because there's there's always going to be this sort of constant maintenance. And there's a lot of really great analogies for this. You know, talking about kind of you know maintaining your lawn or you know shaving your face or you know kind of like bottle, like just hygiene type of things or um, you know changing out your air filter, all changing your car. Um, any any number of things where it's like we know we're going to have to constantly keep up with the infrastructure of the world. Well, these connections and the communication is sort of the infrastructure of our relationship and the infrastructure of our um, our program and the bedrock of of our foundation, which is the human component. And uh, so again, me being the, the 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 science guy, the biology nerd, um, you know, I I just I, I think about this idea of the the law of entropy all the time the randomness, chaoticness, the the disorder of the universe and, and how that, that, you know, our universe is ever expanding. Like it's it's not going to stop until sort of, you know, the day it stops is the day that time stops, right? And um, the, the problem with entropy is that it is ever, it, it is ever ongoing. Like it will not cease to exist. It is an ever-present thing. And so when we don't take care of something, when we don't make the next connection, and it's what that's what we would refer to as, as um, quote unfinished business. And there's a rule about unfinished business, and this is something that goes all the way back to um, something I read in, in a grad textbook when I was in um, getting my master's degree, and it was um, it was in one of those consulting classes that I took. And I remember I remember the the line plain as day is that unfinished business always comes out unfinished business always comes out so we can we can hope that 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 leaky you know roof the 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 you know the 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 boat is leaking whatever we can sort of hope that that leak will take care of itself or that the leak is slow enough to where we might be able to outrun it but eventually at some point down the road, it might not be tomorrow at night, it might not be a year, you might go 20 years into your career before the unfinished business finally catches up with you. But eventually that unfinished business will come out. Um, And and again, it's just this idea that how do we sort of combat that? And we combat that by constantly mowing the yard, constantly shaving, constantly changing the air filter, constantly maintaining what needs to be maintained. And, you know, the, if you, um, uh, one of the big analogies I guess you would get in like a science textbook is kind of like, you know, if you if you spill a glass of milk, that milk is never going to go back into the glass, especially the way that it was before. Like it's, it's never going to be the exact same. There's going to be that chaos and that randomness about things. And if you're, you know, if you're listening along, you can probably start thinking about sort of what the chaos in your program might be, the chaos in your daily life, the chaos in a relationship with um maybe a maybe an assistant coach or a particular player, an administrator, or a parent that you've got going on. We'll talk about parents a little bit later. Um, but where is the chaos stemming from? And it's like, man, I, I I thought I addressed that, or I've already talked to this person three or four times, and you know what's what what good is one more conversation? And it's like what's better than not having the conversation? Because the longer we go without sort of trying to put the milk back in the jar, the longer we go without mowing the yard. That's exponential more chaos that's going to take place, and and if we continue to rely on hope, um, you know it's it's just it's going to catch up with us. And and this is where another another great little sort of quote or saying that my wife uses a lot with her patients is that denial is not a cure. You know you 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 haven't checked your blood pressure in forever. Or there's a a, a a pain in your back or a tightness in your chest or a, a toothache or something going on in your head, and it's just like. Oh no! I'm just going to kind of pretend it's not there, and eventually it's going to go away. And as long as I don't go to the doctor and I don't know what's wrong with me, then ignorance is bliss, and I'll be okay. But at the end of the day, if something is going on and there's something underlying, that unfinished business, you know, whatever it might be, health-wise or 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 not, eventually will sort of, um, you know, rear its ugly head. And 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 denial is not a cure. We have to be willing to look uh, under the rug for these things. We have to be willing to go and ask questions and look for places where we might, uh, sort of hear answers and and find things that we, we don't necessarily want to hear that might be unpleasant to us. Um, but we can't just ignore them and hope that they're going to go away.
0: I mean, that right there sets the table for a lot of the the, the avenues this conversation is going to go down, but you've got my mind thinking now about you know using my sort of economics business background about the, just the simple economic concept of opportunity cost right there's always going to be something that we give up when we make a decision and so sometimes making a decision to do nothing and to not make that next connection or to to ignore something that's going on for the sake of perhaps keeping the peace or saying, yeah, we've already addressed that, what's the opportunity cost? And coaches, this is what I'm asking you right now, thinking about sort of the last bits of those chaos that you've felt. Um, I think we all feel it in our, in our lives anyway, but what was the opportunity cost of you choosing whatever path you chose, whether that was to address something or whether it was to not address something to make that next connection Um, or to not make that next connection? What was the opportunity cost of those decisions? And, you know, truth be told, looking at a cost, sort of a cost benefit in your own mind about what would have happened if you hadn't made the next connection. Who did you need to connect with? And how do we plan to do those things? But before we even get into that part, uh, I think it it also gets us to this idea. and, And I think coaches, you're probably gonna get a chuckle out of this. I hope you do of this idea of the open door policy. Um, And and something that we sort of, not not shy away from saying, but we'd like to rephrase that when we think about good, better, best. Um, You know, being available is good. Having an open door policy is better. But we believe that having having an open mind policy um, is probably the best way to go about this. And, And coaches, please, again, send us DMs, comments, texts, whatever. Um, whether you agree or disagree with that. But thinking about an open mind policy, right? And I think when you think, let's back up here for a second. We think about an open door policy and all of this chaos that Kyle just talked about, all of this entropy that Kyle just talked about. Having an open door policy invites some of that chaos to enter your space. It invites it if those people that that we're talking about making that next connection with, if those people are comfortable entering your space, right? Are they comfortable coming to you and expressing that chaos to you? And, and oftentimes with the power dynamics that exist on a team, whether it's high school and you know high school age kids, college, whatever it is, um, even in the pros, I mean, you look at like DeAndre Ayton and, um, and uh, Monty Williams with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, you guys, I'm sure everybody saw that interview with DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. talking about how he hasn't talked to Monty Williams since game seven of last season. It's been like five months since that, right? So all that said, thinking about, well, hey, they know where to find me. I have an open door versus I'm gonna create a comfortable environment and have an open mind for them to come here so we can make the next connection invites the athlete or invites whoever it is that needs to make that next connection, invites them to be the one that initiates it so that it's not always on one party to be the one that initiates it. Cause I think this Kyle, and we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later, but it's something we talked about um, while sort of planning through this episode is that these connections do have to be two way connections, right? We can't just say that it's just the coach's job or just the player's job or just, you know, the administrator's job or whatever to make that next connection. Everyone, should be trying to keep that sort of open mind comfort of of approachability in mind in order to make that next connection easier, right? So when we think about like those two way connections, having that open mindedness versus just the open door policy is gonna be huge. And I think that leads then to creating an experience or providing an experience in that connection. And, and those are some of the things that we've talked about a lot, but you, know, you walk into a film room, is it just, just going to watch the film or is there an experience in the connection that you're gonna have? You know, some of the best or the highest praise that I think anybody can receive is that they make anybody they talk to feel like the most important person in the room. That's providing an experience in connection. And even if you have that open door policy, that's great. What you want is for them to walk through that door because they know that they're going to be treated like the most important person in the world. Even if that conversation is going to be a tough one.
1: And I don't want to cut you off, but I think the idea between the open door and the open mind, like, yeah, the door might be open, but like you said, if they're not walking in, is it truly open? It might as well be shut. Right. And I mean, you're talking about that. It made me think of something. My The the advice my my grandfather gave me when I got, um, you know, that he would always talk about relationships. Like, hey, when you get married one day, you know, he was like, a lot of people say relationships are 50-50. They're not. They're 100-100. You've got to be all in on relationships. Like you and your wife can't be 50-50. I mean, that's one foot in, one foot out, right? Like you've got to have both feet in. And so relationships are 100-100. And if you think about like, well, where you with the, you know, the player that you struggle to connect with, or, or whatever that that parent that administrator like, if you sort of had to put a, a a number value on it, you know, maybe you might be 100% in, but they're only 50. And so we've got to go recruit them daily, to work them up to that 100, right? Or maybe somebody needs to come recruit us to get us up to that 100. And I, I do think that, you know, we can say like, hey, they know that the door is open, or hey, I've told them that several times. But again, like you inviting them in that one more time might be the time that gets them to walk through that door. And we can't just say, well, I've offered it once or whatever. Like we, we have to continually come back to that. And, and this was a conversation you and I were having, um, I think yesterday, um, about like kids in the hallway and, and kids that we've taught. Like the ones that don't seem like they're ready to jump in yet are likely the ones that, that, that want to be involved the most. They are the ones that
0: need an invitation.
1: Yes, they are craving to be a part of it. And you could have invited them three times, but they don't quite trust the fact that if they walk through the door, they're going to be taken care of. So they're still very shy because they're probably dealing with things from previous relationships and, um, you know, or connections with people where they were invited in and then they were essentially stabbed in the back for whatever reason. And so they're not quite ready to trust the fact. And it's not that they don't trust you. It's not your issue. But it's a it's a, it's an issue from a previous uh, connection or a relationship, and you've got to continually recruit them and, and bring them in because that very next time might be the one that gets them through. And and again, is it the chisel? What am I trying to say here? same, the stone cutter um, with the the stone, the yeah, yeah, the
0: stone, yeah, 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 pound,
1: yeah. yeah. You, you guys know what I'm talking. about. You've read the book or whatever. Like the very like the chisel doesn't necessarily. We're not chopping a log in half, right? We're not going to see results like that in one chop. It's going to take time, and we never know when that next, you know, blow of the hammer is actually going to, you know, knock off a huge piece of that stone that's going to start taking shape. And that that shape might be the connection or the relationship that we're we're trying to have with, again, a particular play, any any stakeholder, a- administrator, or an official. Um, you know, um, talk about recruiting everybody, like let's recruit our officials a little bit here. Um, but anybody that we're trying to have a conversation with, I, I do think it's important to note that just because we say like, well, I have offered or I have done this. Remember, you're the adult in the room. The person that you're trying to recruit might be an adult in the room, surely. But most oftentimes, it's probably, a you know, somebody that's, you know, 12, 15, 18 to 22 years old. And, and, and we've got to understand that we've got to to go to them a little bit more because them walking through that door might be the most intimidating or scary thing that they can think of it's a lot easier to get that relationship started if we can go to them sometimes
0: well and that and that makes me think of the fact that there's always going to be some sort of power dynamic on a team right In any group of people it, it, we can say that we're all equal we can say that we all have a voice this that and the other but like there's always going to be a power dynamic in every group of people. And so mm-hmm. even if it's not like, you know, a, a, a 34-year-old and a 15-year-old coach, you know, a high school coach and a, and, a, and a high school player, even it, it could be that 15-year-old and a 17-year-old senior, right? Making that next connection, there's going to be a power dynamic there. And so what we urge people to do is really think about, like, how do we create a climate where connection is possible and we can eliminate as many of the barriers that exist in order to allow people to connect authentically and clearly about who we wanna be and get to know each other in a deep way. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. I mean, I think that's where like, you know, I remember reading the book, Getting to Us by Seth Davis, And he interviews all these coaches and stuff like that. But the common theme is that, is that the the greatest environment creators are not just creating that environment for learning like we talked about in the the Coaching Mirrors teaching episode, but they're creating that environment for that connection to happen. And they're allowing it to happen, right? We're not skipping the connection time and we're not stealing that connection time from those people in order to get to, you know, a stated outcome or, or the content or something like that, which I think we'll, we'll talk about a little later. Um, I, you know, I think it's also important that we realize and we sort of own, especially as coaches, like at whatever level, that assumption is the enemy of making the next connection. Like that's, what's going to get in your way the most is assuming that we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to her last week. I talked to him yesterday. We're, we're good. You can always be better. Right. And if we sort of transform the way we think about running our programs, if we sort of transform what we think about as far as outcomes or things that we put on our to do list. I mean, I know for like for a fact for me, I put on my to do list who to connect with right? Who do I need to reach out today? Whether that's recruits, whether that is current players, whether that is, you know, whoever, right? Like administrators, other coaches in the building, like finding a way to make that next connection. And it doesn't have to be, I think when we say like recruit everyone every day, it's impossible to hit everybody every day. But the sentiment is the same is that I am going to recruit someone today. I am going to spend my time making a real honest effort to connect with somebody that I value so that we can deepen our connection, not for the purposes that I might need something from them, but because I want to connect with them authentically because I know that if I allow myself to slip and when we think about the human component wheel, the reason it's a wheel is because it's a continuum, right? It's like, it's never ending. So if we're, you know, you see a hamster running on a wheel, if they stop, the wheel goes backwards right and they get thrown off so we have to continually go through that human component wheel every day with everybody or as often as possible to avoid this idea that hey we're good we don't need to create an experience in connection we don't need to do those things they know where to find me like it's fine right continually having that open mind instead of that open door policy I think we really should you know will help coaches do that
1: yeah, and, and so it, and kind of with that theme of like helping coaches do that or what we're doing, I, I kind of want to think about this idea in terms of evaluating the connections in our program. Um, and in this this congruence model that we've talked about um, probably several times at this point, people are, are probably familiar, somewhat familiar with what we're talking about. But, you know, at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? We're trying to increase performance. We're trying to raise performance. We're trying to get better at something. Um, and I, and I, I did a session um, with some seventh graders last week and then and then um, some sixth graders uh, earlier this week and was talking with them about what performance means and kind of what we mean, what, what we sort of want to contextualize performance. And I think if you ask a seventh grader, it would be like, well, if I'm a football player, my performance means, you know, play well on the football field um, or I need to do well on an English test, you know, or I need to I need to learn my cheer you know if i'm in if i've taken piano lessons i need to be able to play the piano that's performance to them and 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 they're not wrong but when we start to view you know sort of what we do throughout our daily lives as skill based leadership communications connections uh, you know as being skills then we can talk about our performance as a human being too you know how well am i performing as a friend how well am i performing as a listener how well am i performing in my let's say body language for just arguments sake how well am I performing in all of these things? And, you know, the, the, the two most closely related factors to performance are engagement and motivation. So it comes back to, you know, your job as the, as the coach or the educator or the leader in the room, I, you know, I don't want to make a definitive statement here, but off the top, you know, kind of on, on the top of my mind recently um, with having conversations with people, I feel like the, you know, the two of the most important things that you do is you're the environment creator and you're the connection creator. And so, not only are you building connections and you're creating the environment, but those things are working hand in hand with one another. And it can be sort of this chicken or the egg kind of thing, like which one comes first? Do I need to make great connections to create a great environment, or do I need to create a great environment in order to have great connections? And I'm sure we, you could sort of justify that, uh, you know, either either which way in your mind. But I feel like why do we have to kind of kind of choose that? Right? They're not siloed they're not mutually exclusive if you feel like you're better at creating an environment start there if you've already got great connections with people start there just kind of kind of go wherever you feel like it's gonna you know benefit you the most and then as we create better connections we will create better environments as our environment gets better it will be easier and more fulfilling and more um more you know more opportunistic to make those uh next connections so um, I say all that to kind of get back to this and thinking about reflecting on and evaluating um, the connections within our program. And in my mind, at least, connections are are sort of the catalyst for that change in order for us to get to that performance. Those connections create that engagement. That engagement then is that vehicle for change. And ultimately, we're trying to get to implementation. We want to implement. We want to to force some action here we want to create some action on the part of somebody and maybe ourselves, it may be a particular player, It maybe us as a program, whatever. But, and this is where I feel like the, um, sort of your, your stereotypical like motivational speaker at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, the, the team book club that we might have again, not, not to, not to say that these things are bad. They're not. Um, and it's not to say to stop doing them. Um, but it's to say that if, if that's all we're sort of doing and we, we, kind of stop short of that, if those things are not generating calls to action, if we are not, I hate to use the word manipulate, but kind of manipulating those behaviors, if we're not changing the way that we are are making decisions and creating a greater consistency in our character through those positive habits, if we're not creating some sort of tangible change and there's no action and we're not implementing any of this stuff, then what good really is the motivational speaker? What good was the book that we read together last summer if nothing is really coming from it because we're not making the next connection with that? So again, I I say all this to say this. These are, again, not to say that these are the only things or the right things, but just sort of four focus points um, that we can evaluate our connections on. And those, those four are the quantity of our connections, the quality of our connections, the authenticity, of our connections and the depth, and again, don't put all four of these in silos. They are all related. It's not to say that that um, you know they're they're mutually exclusive of one another. They are going to affect the others. But I, I feel like if we if we look at our um, if we evaluate our program's connections, if we evaluate the connections between me and a a, a stakeholder, if there is an issue. I can then look through these four lenses and say, is it a quantity issue? Is it a quality issue? Is it an authenticity issue? Is it a depth issue? Well, we're together all the time. We work in the same office. I bump into you all the all the time and we're in a group chat. Like the quantity is not a problem. We're getting our connections. There, there's no shortage of opportunities there. And maybe most of them are, are, are pretty quality. And maybe you and I are very authentic about it. Like we're not, you know, we're being ourselves or whatever, but... Maybe it's a depth issue. Maybe what we're doing right now is very, very surface level. And at the beginning of the year, surface level might be okay. You know, the backup deep snapper and the trainer, depth might not be an issue for them because they, you know, they just need to be able to kind of get what they need to get. But in this particular instance, maybe it is a depth issue. Or maybe we're getting quantity and maybe we're getting a lot of depth. But if we're not being authentic, then it's not real. And that depth is, is, you know, it's a lie, basically, you know, that depth Mm -hmm. isn't really doing us any favor because the authenticity piece is not there. Um, So just, again, just a model um, something, you know, maybe to kind of think through this when you're, when you're saying like, okay, I'm really having a hard time connecting with this particular coach. I'm having a hard time connecting with this particular player. Um, Which of these four things might be, um, you know, kind of keeping us within that next connection? and if you're sitting here saying like man we're really hitting on quantity quality authenticity depth then you are probably seeing a lot of the a lot of the, the change in action a lot of the implementation you're seeing your performance raised either individually or collectively within your program
0: and so what i think is interesting as you were talking about that it was like i think as we've gone through this episode we've really sort of just focused on things that are happening off the court or off the playing surface, right? Coming into the office, connecting off the court, authenticity, this, that, and the other. When we think about vision roadblocks, we're really going to feel like our vision is being blocked when we're not winning. Like that's usually the first indicator that something's wrong um, for, for most coaches. And so I think this translates on the court way more than it does even off the court, because I think those off-the-court relationships take a lot longer to build, especially when we're thinking about the depth. But even thinking about, like, defensively, here's our made-up statistic again, but I would say 90% Mm. of coaches who say their team struggles defensively will point to communication as the issue. But those same 90% of coaches will say, I don't care what you say, just say something. So we're telling on ourselves a little bit here that like, no, you really do care what they say, but we haven't gone enough to teach them. So we haven't made the next connection as good. So this is the depth to which this goes. We as coaches have not made the next connection with all of the players to help them make the next connection with each other. And thereby our influence of what happens on the court is then limited because they are unable to create an experience of connection amongst themselves. And so you think about like Anson Dorrance's idea of these small societies. So maybe it's like the left side of your defense, or if you play a zone, perhaps the back line, or even on offense, like you've got your post players, you've got your perimeter players, they have to work together, they have to, you know, perhaps exchange positions or set screens, whatever it is, there are countless opportunities to connect in a basketball practice, in a football practice, in a track and field practice. I mean, you think about like, the reason you might lose in a relay is because that baton didn't get passed from one person to the other. That's a lack of making the next connection. Perhaps it's a lack of communication that was clear and consistent and constant to let us know what's about to happen. And so I don't want people to think that like these vision roadblocks they, they show up everywhere, like they show up in all four, you know, tiers of the pyramid, they show up in every piece of how we're building our programs, and it's, it's really like, it's actually one of the things that I think we do, or that we have put together, I think, um, through the research that we've done and the questions that we've asked, that's sort of universal, right? That like, no matter what, no matter where you are, there's a potential to connect better. And so when you use those four, you know, sort of frameworks that Kyle laid out, I mean, think about that on the court too. Who are your best communicators? Who are the kids who are your best connectors on your team that can get people where they need to be? And they're not just saying ball, gap, help, but they're actually communicating and this sort of leads me to this idea that uh, that we had created a while back. And it's actually one of the things that's on, when you subscribe to our website, you get a handout that mail, you know, emailed to you right away. Um, and it's a guide to, you know, inviting parents in and sort of making the next connection with them. Um, and it's what we call our connection credit score. Um, those that understand how credit scores work, which there's very, I, I think there's a very, uh, small part of the population that understands how they actually work. Um, I, myself, as as a former business teacher and and somebody who spent a lot of time studying this, like I still don't understand quite how scores go up and down like every day. Um, They were only invented in 1990. So it's still a relatively new thing. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you knew that, that credit scores have only been around since 1990. I had to look that up. Um, Fun fact. So, Fun fact for, for all of our listeners out there. But anyway, so there's three C's to an actual credit score. And so we've created three C's for uh, a connection credit score. And, and for us, it's constant, consistent, and clear. And so this works with every stakeholder in your program. This is from you to them, from them to each other, you know, from them back to you. And so I would, I would ask coaches, I would ask teachers, I would ask administrators, anybody who's listening to this do an honest RACA self-evaluation of what you think your communication credit score or your connection credit score is with everybody in your program. And I would almost guarantee you that if you were to do that every day or even like once a week to start and you really took stock of where you are on that human component wheel with everybody in your program, start with the players, move to the coaches, to the administrators, the people who are sort of in that first circle of influence, is your communication with them constant? And when we say constant, that doesn't mean like all hours of the day, all hours of the night, but it's a constant dialogue. There should be no pause between those two things, right? You shouldn't go weeks without talking to somebody about you, about them, about your program. And it doesn't have to be long, drawn out conversations. Again, remember there's those four criteria that Kyle named. So maybe we don't get as far into depth with somebody because we're constantly communicating, but the quality and the quantity of that conversation is incredible. The quality and, and quantity of that connection is outstanding. right? The authenticity in those, in those short, brief, constant conversations is incredible right? Is it consistent? So are we finding a way to plan those consistent opportunities to connect? And I would even challenge coaches further, not just for your connections with your players or your staff or whatever it is. Am I standing in the way, in practice, of allowing my players to connect with each other consistently? Do I ruin opportunities for the players to connect with each other consistently in, on a constant basis and allow them to create clarity for each other right because every stakeholder has this credit score and that's really the mark of an excellent coach it, one of the many marks but you know design that environment create that environment that allows these kids that allows the players that allows the other coaches to have those you know 800 plus you know connection credit scores that then now we're humming, right? You can't scout a full team that could qualify for a zero down 0% mortgage Mm -hmm. when it comes to connection. You just can't scout that, right? And the most connected teams are the ones that often win the most. But when we're really thinking about connection, it's those four categories that Kyle talked about and then really honing in on this idea that like we can make this a game. Right. We can make this something that's an experience for our kids where they're going to screw up connecting with each other. And we as the environment creators are the ones who come back and remind them that, hey, it's got to be constant, consistent, and clear. We want to build that connection credit score to the point where making the next connection is just what we do. And if that's what we do, we've eliminated the, the and I believe the word you used was roadblock adjacent. We've eliminated the roadblock adjacent roadblock to all the other ones. And it makes our life so much easier on the back end because we're not just working on the skills on the court. We're working on the skills that help us make those skills better, which is ultimately going to be making that next connection.
1: Man, I'm so glad you brought up uh, what a point about how we often get in the way of what the next connection might be. Like we, we might be sitting here thinking that I myself as the head coach need to make the next connection, but sometimes we've got to understand that our effort in that might be um, sort of detrimental to a player having the opportunity to make the next connection. And in this instance, I think you're right. I think this is more on court, right? It's, it's us stopping play. It's us not allowing the reflection piece it's us not using um you know feedback or after action reviews or debriefs or whatever you want to call it um but it's as if our agenda gets in the way of their agenda and i think that's a really difficult thing and, and sort of pill to swallow as as coaches because we're 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 control freaks right We've talked about a lot of C words tonight. We haven't really talked about control. And in order to do this, again, in in order for a relationship to be 100-100, you've got to concede some of that control and allow somebody the, the space to have their 100. You've got to allow the space to exist for somebody to walk through the door, the open door. You've got to create the space to allow that person that might not feel like they're ready to commit yet You've got to allow them the opportunity to do that freely because if we're sort of forcing these things out of everybody, then we lose that whole idea that voice equals choice. And the moment that somebody loses their voice or they lose their choice, then it's going to be much less likely for not just them being willing to make the next connection, but will they accept
0: the next connection from us? And, and to that point, so I think this is like the key question that I hope coaches reflect on. It, do we hurry through those connections to get to the content? Do we hurry through those connections to get to the content? And the content could be whatever you have for Scout, whatever you have for film that day, whatever you have for practice, whatever you're doing in the classroom. Do we hurry through that? just so we can get to the, to the quote unquote good stuff or the stuff we have to get in today or the stuff that we have to do today. Do we sacrifice the connection time and and the opportunity for connection to get to that content? And I know like when I was, you know, I'm guilty of that. Like I'm definitely Mm -hmm. have been guilty of that. And I know you have too. I know the coaches listening have as well.
1: Yeah. First, I don't know, seven or eight years in the classroom, it was, it was content over connections. And the, the thing that, that drastically changed for me as a classroom teacher, and honestly, I think what, what ultimately made me a good classroom teacher was that content didn't come before the connection, that the connection was not going to be sacrificed for the content. We were going to learn more content down the road simply by not talking about the content for a while because we had to go through the human component because we had to build the connections and and again like I, I would i love talking about photosynthesis i love talking about you know things that make sort of life work and and how the how the world just works it's just fascinating to me but i can't force you to want to learn that especially if you're you know 14 15 years old or whatever i've got a i've got a you know hope Right. Hope's not a strategy. I got to get to a point where you're freely willing to come into that that conversation and learn that. But I feel like if we can build the foundation first and you walk into that room, engaged, motivated, based on the environment, based on those connections, you can't help but learn content. The content will come. But where I feel like it, it, the just sort of the whole world gets backwards, there is day one syllabus chapter one let's start talking about the test that you're going to take nine months content from
0: now. on the first day of, of class like that was an expectation that almost every school I worked at was we have to touch content the first day of class
1: yeah and I and I don't know if I could have uh, I probably wouldn't have even admitted this but I'm not in the classroom anymore so I'll tell you now seventh grade science the last two and a half years we didn't talk science for two weeks mm-hmm. we just didn't and I, and, I, and I tell that to people now, and they look at me like, "I was crazy. How could you not get to that's two weeks of you know of of content that we're missing. Like there's we can't we cannot fit the whole textbook into a year. How can you go two weeks without talking content? And it's like, yeah, you're sacrificing those two weeks, quote unquote. But think about all the time that's lost in in between the year, because we're having to go back and revisit all of these roadblocks. We can, we can make up those two weeks in quantity, quality, authenticity, and depth by, by sort of clearing the road, as it were, and getting rid of a lot of those roadblocks. And again, I'm not saying all this to say that my classroom didn't have roadblocks and we didn't have issues and it was perfect, but I can tell you that the last four years that I was in a classroom were way better than the first eight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the only I thing totally that really changed, that. the only thing that changed was me sort of flipping this on its head. It's not that I became you know, smarter, or had more con- I probably knew more content fresh out of college because it was all crammed into my head. And I had to, had to you know, study all that to pass the test to get certified in something. But then all of a sudden I got to go teach US history. And I don't know anything about US history, but it could have still been a successful opportunity and kids still learned the content of the day or going to coach track, going to coach tennis, like the kids still learned what they needed to learn at the end of the day, more so because that next connection and that that open door policy and all those things that we're talking about were, were already established. And then I think the, the, the next piece to that, again, continuing with this, is that once it was established, we didn't just quit on it. And we didn't just assume, as you said, that it was gonna stay established. Once the, once the yard is mowed, we just put the lawnmower. We don't worry about it. No, eventually we're going to have to do that again. We've got to constantly come back and groom and main, you know, uh, maintain you know, what, those, what those particular you know, expectations or environment or connections are. Where I feel like I got better is, was more consistent in coming back with the connection. And yes, we talked about standards over those first two weeks, and that was a game changer for me. But guess what we also did with those standards? We talked about them in week three, week four, week five, and week 27. That was something that we did all the time. And if we had to sacrifice some content on a a Wednesday in order to go back and look at commitment statements that they had written from three months before because we weren't hitting those marks, then it was worth sacrificing the content that day because I knew on Thursday that day was going to be fire but if i didn't and we just sort of hoped and relied that it was going to get better that the leaks were going to fix themselves then not only was wednesday bad and thursday bad but by the time we got to friday we weren't getting anything accomplished and then i'm going into the weekend frustrated and not knowing how i'm going to get everybody's attention on a monday which is you know the hardest day to get somebody to do anything because it's a monday right mondays mm-hmm. and fridays are like ridiculous but if we would stop and sort of you know take stock of that um I realized that, again, it was not perfect, and I am not perfect, and our classes were not perfect, and my students weren't or anything like that, but man, did we see improvement.
0: And that's, that's exactly what we talked about in the, in the previous episode about teaching and, and coaching, like those same conversations about standards, those same conversations about connection. I mean, like if we are constantly having those we're having them consistently and we're using consistent language I think that's a big piece of making the next connection is using consistent language that everyone understands and we're clear it doesn't matter whether it's week one or week 27 we are doing the same thing because this is who we said we were going to be and when we don't make the next connection we let that entropy sort of creep in and that chaos creeps in That's when we hit all those other roadblocks and it feels like sort of this avalanche of of wrong and this avalanche of, of this is just weighing me down and it's crushing me. When realistically, we don't have to do that because we have gone and made that next connection and we've made it an experience in that next connection. And so, as we wrap up here, I think you know one of the other things that I briefly wanted to touch on, because I think it's very, very um, relevant, especially here at the beginning of a lot of seasons, or even like mid-season or or preseason or whatever. For depending on the season of sport that you that you coach, or or even like the you know if you're in the classroom or you're a nurse or you're a police officer, whatever it is, you see this hashtag a lot, and I think this speaks to what we are talking about, but it doesn't actually happen. It's this idea of being an everyday guy. Um, and you know, obviously using that as, as the vernacular for you know the programs that use of the everyday person. Coaches ask and demand and recruit to this idea that we want everyday people. People that are going to show up every day, make that next connection, do the right thing, this, that, and the other, right? We're doing the right things every day. It sort of speaks to our definition of what character is, which is the repeatability of your positive habits. Those same coaches, and I'm not calling any of them out by name because I mean, listen, you could be great, you could not be, I don't know. But those same people, as we have stated in the past, are often the least committed in the room to being those everyday people. The the entire operation operates at what they are feeling that day. Even though they've asked everyone else to be an everyday person, to be an everyday guy, to connect every day, this, that, and the other, quality, quantity, authenticity, depth, creating those, those connection credit scores. So if we are not modeling that, but we're asking other people to be those everyday people. And and we don't really take stock of what's our first connection entering a space? What's the last connection before that? What's our first and last impression that we've made with those players? Are we consistent in building that connection credit score? The in-between all of that is just, it's going to get lost. And ultimately, those everyday people stop being everyday people because they're not seeing that reciprocated. And if all you have is that open door policy to make the next connection instead of the open mind policy to make that next connection, and we go out of our way to plan those things, we go out of our way to allow space for those things to happen, then our everyday becomes something that gets blocked by the lack of making the next connection.